When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything. It is the Friday, October 29th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we have got some college football to discuss this weekend. Good gracious. And, uh, and a couple of NFL news items that... You know, I figured we'll at least hit on. I like to open every Friday show with the same question. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know exactly what I'm going to talk about. Uh, Chris, where on earth is college game day going for week 10? Uh, I've got five different options here, and we'll see which one makes the most sense to you. Obviously, we are recording this uh, for the Friday show. We won't know some of these results that could lead to next week, but we're, we're going to give our best guess as to what the ESPN producers are thinking for College Game Day. Uh, the only ranked-on-ranked matchup that I can foresee next week is going to be Auburn at Texas A&M. A&M has been playing significantly better. If Auburn gets a win over Ole Miss, that could be a good landing spot over in College Station. Uh, would you be excited at all about an Auburn Texas A and M game day in College Station between two uh, two lost teams? Well, yeah, yeah. I don't think, like looking for undefeated teams or one loss teams is dumb. I, you know that. I've always uh, oh, argued yeah. that. Like, give me the best matchup. It, give me the best game. <laughs> this should be a great game. It's an unbelievable atmosphere. That's that's a fantastic place to go. And I don't know that they've been to College Station very often, but I know those fans would be fired up, especially with as well as Jimbo's bunch has been playing here lately. So, I, yes, I could absolutely see that one being a good spot for them. Uh, I did write down Liberty at Ole Miss. If Ole Miss gets the win, uh, Liberty is playing UMass. They're favored by 36. I would imagine that they will probably get the win, but they do have two losses already on the season, uh, and that is a noon game. So uh, it's not on a major network. It's on SEC Network. Uh, but the storyline around it is absolutely beautiful. Of course, with Hugh Freeze going back to Oxford to take on Lane Kiffin and that bunch, uh, if Auburn, yeah, but but ESPN doesn't want to talk about that storyline. Yeah, like that's that's a one line in the byline of the game. Hugh Freeze going back to Ole Miss, that's being fired, and, and the NCAA stuff, and then they never want to bring it up again. They want to bring it up once, they don't want to bring it up again. See, that, this, there's zero chance they'll go to Ole Miss. You and I would have gone to Ole Miss. <laughs> Like if we were to uh, if we were to do our own show, you know, live from whatever stadium or whatever campus, 
that's where I we would be. I don't know that I would. I don't know. I was super really? fired up about this game before the season started, but I thought I thought Liberty had a really good shot at coming in this game undefeated. And Liberty not only has has got two losses, it's not that they have two losses. They haven't they haven't been very impressive. And that's it. You're you're not wrong. Malik Willis throwing I want to go to a great game. I don't know that that's going to be a great game. I kind of there's a world where Q that's just been his Super Bowl all year. Yes. And they show up and they bring Ole Miss all they can handle. There's also a world where Ole Miss beats them by 25. Uh, true, true. Uh, I did write down uh, Wake Forest at North Carolina. I don't believe there's any chance that they go there uh, because of how bad North Carolina has been. I don't expect North Carolina to win Saturday night at Notre Dame. Uh, but Wake Forest undefeated, great story. If it were at Wake, then maybe. Maybe I could see that. Uh, now, for Yeah, the- if they're going to showcase Wake, they need to go to Wake. They yes. don't need to do a road game for them. They're the undefeated team. They're the one that needs to be heralded as uh, something special. I agree. I agree. Uh, the two that I think are the most likely. Uh, we'll start off with this one. If UTEP wins at Florida Atlantic this weekend, then you have got a one-loss UTEP team that is and 7-1 against an 8-0 and UTSA, and that could be fantastic. I mean, it's a two-conference USA teams, but the storylines around it, game day in El Paso, that would be awesome to have game day right outside the Sun Bowl uh, because, though, look, there is a, a rabid fan base for UTEP football, and as bad as they have been for so long, the fact that they've actually got a pretty good football team and they've got maybe the biggest game on campus in a decade or two, I mean, it, this could really be a lot of fun because they don't ever go there. Right, those are the ones that we want to see. Is when you don't ever go there. I, I think I would like for that to happen if UTEP can get the win. You kind of feel the same. Uh, I mean, that's fine. I, I don't. I know this is me just being the curmudgeon. I, I just can't buy into the UTEP thing. Like, I don't. I, I don't know that they're a good football team. I know they're seven, six and one. They'll be seven and one. Like, if they win the game, but like, I don't. I don't know where these wins are coming from. They, you know, they have not beaten a team that is uh, ranked efficiency-wise in the top 100. So, they, uh, yeah, they, they have been feasting on bottom feeders. But when you're UTEP, I mean, you'll take any win you can get. So, you know, well, I don't yeah, know that but that doesn't mean the rest of the country wants to watch you, you know, actually play a good team and get beat by 20. That's the problem. When you go to these places, that you know, it's encouraging bottom feeders. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I I mean, I see where you're coming from. I just I, I know that that bunch will be very excited. UTEP's defense is legit this Every year. Every school would be excited if you went there, Gary. True. Like no no one that not a, any one of the 130 schools out there would be like, "Damn. I can't believe game day's coming to my town." God, <laughs> I wish you sons of bitches would go somewhere else. Nobody I, would say that. I I think but I look at it completely, maybe not completely differently. I look at it a little differently because UTEP believes that they can beat anybody right now, uh, anybody that's well, on their that, schedule. That, that's fine. I used to believe in the tooth fairy when I was a kid. That's okay. <laughs> One day I stopped doing that. I think it would be a lot of fun because I think UTEP would actually show up. They would make it uh, an appointment to make sure that they were there on national television. It's much the same way that Memphis showed out when game day showed up in, what, 2019 or whatever it was. Uh, so, I, you know, those places there that it may never go again, like they make sure that they show out for those. Uh, the other one that I think is the most likely, uh, Cincinnati has to play against Tulane this weekend. Uh, Tulsa, I don't think Tulsa matters at all in this. Tulsa is going to Cincinnati. I think that they are wanting to showcase 
Cincy. And, you know, you go to Nippert Stadium, all that good stuff. I think that that is the most likely because Cincinnati is almost guaranteed to win at Tulane. At Nothing's a guarantee in this sport. We get that. But uh, they are 25-point favorites or whatever it is. So, it's, so long as they win, I would imagine that uh, ESPN's game day will go to Cincinnati for the Tulsa game next week. You kind of you kind of feel the same since there's no other ranked matchups. That's, yeah, that's one. I mean, because like I said, Cincinnati deserves to showcase. Cincinnati deserves to, to have the spotlight for a little bit on them. And, and if they continue to win and they continue to get style points, they, they've been beating the hell out of everybody. And they're doing it, it, the same thing that I said was going to happen eventually started happening. They're starting to get jumped by all these bigger-name teams that look like shit at the beginning of the season. And, you know, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think that would help them out going forward. Uh, a game day appearance, you know, you get a big win. Tulsa is not uh, exactly a great football team. So, you know, a big win on uh, on a day when you host game day, that could end up being good. So I think that's where they will most likely end up. Uh, the next topic that I wanted to hit on here, uh, Ed Orgeron said that they have too many injuries to have a full practice on Wednesday and they won't be able to, uh, or they were not able to, uh, do a scrimmage on Thursday, right? So, of course, we're, we're doing this on the Friday morning show. I This is a little frightening, and it kind of makes me think that maybe... I, I'm not going to say that he got a raw deal. I'm going to say that the amount of injuries and opt-outs and everything else that this program has had over the last two seasons, when you really step back and look at it, do you think anybody would be able to survive having this many star players uh, out for extended amounts of time in, in a two-year span. Well, yeah, because the major because the majority of those star players are opted out, not necessarily injured out, and some of those guys are hurt. But if we had a game and this team was competing for something special, those guys would be playing. They're not they're not injured; they're hurt. And but why would you risk your future if you're if you're a guy like Singley and you're going to be a top five draft pick? Why would you Why would you play hurt? And it risk an injury when you have nothing to play for anymore. Yeah, okay, that is a good point. That is a good point. I am obviously the outsider looking in here, uh, and I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, I, I don't want to completely crap on what Coach O has, has done at that school. Uh, well, no, I mean, you it, can't do anything about the injury. Like, yeah. But the injuries didn't have any effect in week three when, we, when they got the hell beat out of them by UCLA. Like, that I, wasn't an injury problem. Yeah, no, no, you're 100% right about that. I am curious about this. Uh, you know, it, it's the week before the Alabama game. Obviously, this is a bye week for LSU and Alabama. Um, heading into next week, I think if the game were this weekend, I think that some of these guys that are sitting out uh, would certainly be playing. And, and I think well, yeah. they'll be fine why by next would week. They, why, would they, why would they risk anything in a scrimmage? Yeah, yeah, you, you've what? got a point. But, but this is all a part of Ed losing the locker room, too, though. Like, this is all a part of, you know, there are some guys that love him, and obviously you're never going to have a quorum. You're never going to have a, enough people to, to speak one way or the other. But you have enough to say, you know, this, this season's worthless now. Our coach is just kind of here. Like, you know, what are we supposed to do? We don't even know who's going to lead us next year. When this season's kind of already over, all we can do is play spoiler. Like, there's only, there's only so much you can get up for when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think the Florida game was the one where where they really got oh, yeah. into it, and you know, of yep. course, then we saw against Ole Miss exactly uh, exactly what the team is after that. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's painful, um, but 
you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, you got to wonder about some of the like Jake Peets. I'm sure will find another job. At, like all these guys that are on staff, uh, some of them I would imagine will stay. Like Brad Davis, who left Arkansas in what May? I think it was late May to come and join this staff. And now, you know, I'm sure he 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 is a highly respected offensive line coach. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why I'm I'm sitting on LSU for so long here, but. Uh, it, it just kind of shocked me that, that they didn't have enough healthy players to even be able to practice and, and have a scrimmage uh, during the bye week. Uh, but maybe maybe it's for the best. Like, you let everybody sit out, don't do anything football-related, and try and come back fresh next week. You know, you, you think maybe that's a good option for a team like this right now? Well, yeah. I don't, what, what's the other option? Make them, make them scrimmage hurt? Uh, uh, no, no, not that. I, I just wonder if they're keeping them in football – uh, you know, football operations right now. If they're they're trying to keep them invested or not, or if they just give them like a complete week break, kind of like the NFL does, where hey, go take a trip, go do whatever you need to do, and and we'll meet back up, you know, beginning of next week to start getting ready for the game. So, all right, uh, let me let me go on and do the rundown since I have not done that as of yet. Uh, the rundown, of course. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. That is the website. It's got everything you need to know about us. Every show that we do, uh, every show that we do for other operations, of course, go ahead and check those out over at winningcureseverything.com. Everywhere you need to subscribe, etc. Follow on social media. All that good stuff is over there. If you have not subscribed already, go ahead and do that right now. Make sure and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a nice five-star review over on Apple Podcast. And uh, over on the YouTube Go ahead and like the video. I mean, you're you're watching it right now anyway. If you're if you're seeing my face, you know what's up. Hit that thumbs up button for us. It would certainly help us out with YouTube algorithms and and all that fun stuff. So do that thing. Uh, of course, the show is brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins, America's premier sports book. Go ahead and check them out at betus.com. Use the promo code NCAAF2021. You get a hundred twenty five percent deposit bonus up to twenty five hundred dollars, and it is sports book exclusive. It's a fantastic deal. There's a link in the description. You click that, it's going to automatically toss that promo code in there for you. Or you can just go to betus.com and enter it yourself. So go ahead and check that out. I do a show for BetUS, uh, a BetUS college football show. Chris does the Sportsbook Review college football show. And that one is currently on Twitter. Chris will let us know, or you can follow him on Twitter, at Chris B. Giannini. Uh, he'll tell us when it gets back on YouTube and whatnot. But right now, it's uh, it's only on the Twitterverse. Is that right, Chris? That's right. That's right. So no Twitch or anything like that, just uh, just on Twitter. So, all right, uh, let's see. Oh, here's uh, here's my next topic here, okay? I, I want to I commend you for something. You brought up before the season that this is, it, because it's, it's every other year, you brought up that J.J. Watt will not play nearly the amount of plays that he did last season for the Texans uh, for the Cardinals this year. And you turned out to be 100% right because J.J. Watt is now out for the season after having shoulder surgery. He played through the injury uh, last Sunday. And once they went in, did a little research, figured it out and whatnot, they revealed he will have to have surgery. And he is donezo. Donezo for the season. Uh, one, this is really no surprise to you, I would, I would imagine. And, and what are your thoughts on it? I mean, J.J. Watt is a really good player when he can play football. Every other year for the last decade, J. 
J.J. Watt has been an amazing football player. The year after that year, he has been less than useless to a team. Now, he's been beneficial up to this point. That's awesome. He's one of the reasons they're undefeated. That's great. But is he worth all that money? Is he worth the trade? That, 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 I, don't, I think he just signed only a trade. Anyway, is he, is he worth the assets you had to give up to get him if he's not going to play the remainder of the season? Or we have more than half the season left. Yeah, yeah, we've only gotten through seven games. Uh, there are 17 this season. so yeah, 10 more to go. And and I just, I just wonder how do football guys not look at patterns like that and take them into account? I think some people would tell you that they, you can't bank on injuries, uh, but I, I feel like you and I disagree. You absolutely yeah. can. Yeah, I think that... You set your damn watch by it. Yes. Well, especially, this, like, so part of this article over at ESPN said, Watt had recently found his groove in the Cardinals' defense after needing about four games to both get his football legs under him after missing all of training camp because of hamstring injury and getting acclimated to a new defense. It said he had ten so tackles. It took him four games to get his legs up, butter, so he was worthless for first four. Yep. He played in three. He was really good in those three. Well, the last one, he was really good in two. The last one, he only played about, I don't know, a third of the snaps because he was playing through the injury and he got hurt. So, like, you know. I don't take joy in the fact that the guy got hurt. It's just one of those things that I find – I just find interesting. You like, everybody told, everybody told me the Browns should sign him because he was looking at Cleveland. And I was like, no, they shouldn't. Sign him next year. Sign him, somebody signed to a one-year deal. And then – Cleveland could sign him next year on the deal because he's going to come off an injury. He's going to come cheap. He's going to, you know, all this stuff, and he'll be better. Yes. Uh, his stats thus far, uh, he had 10 tackles, including five tackles for loss, uh, had one sack this season, and he he finished with 10 quarterback hits in the first seven games, yeah. but nine in the last four. So he only had uh, one quarterback hit in the first three games, and he's had nine in the past four games. So... Yep. Uh, you know, once he finally got He has going. been awesome. He has been awesome. I was I was wondering when it was going to happen because I, I I did see his stats a couple of weeks ago and I was like, man, I, I'm I'm going to look bad. I, I shit on him before the season started. He's kind of killing it. Yeah. And and then it was just okay. Now it's over. Oh, okay. We just pulled the ripcord. It's ball game now. All right. Well. <laughs> now there it is. There it is. Now he's done. So uh, yeah. So JJ White out for the season with shoulder surgery. Uh, I did want to bring up this uh, very interesting topic before we get into our College Football Week 9 preview. Stan Kroenke uh, pissed off NFL owners by bailing on legal fees due to relocation of the Rams from St. Louis to uh, Los Angeles. Did you see the article about this? No, but I know the city of St. Louis is suing them. Yes, so that's that's been going on for quite some time, and... Part of the relocation agreement with the owners agreeing, uh, you know, everybody has to vote on it and it has to be unanimous uh, for him to actually be able to relocate a team is all of the other owners have to agree. And part of the reason why they all agreed, they all voted for him to go, was because he told them, uh, he, he made a promise to cover tens of millions of dollars in legal expenses related to the team's 2016 departure. Um and now it appears that he is trying to back away from that. Uh, the legal update from NFL General Counsel Jeff Pash during the owner's first in-person meeting since December 2019 
stunned many in the room, according to accounts from people who were there and others briefed on the proceedings. Uh, it said the league, through a spokesperson, declined comment. Um, it said the Rams and other owners are embroiled in a fierce four-year lawsuit from the St. Louis Regional Convention and Sports Complex Authority, which argues the league broke its own relocation guidelines, misled the public on its plans to leave the city, and cost the city millions in revenue. Uh, it said the league has lost many its uh, many of its motions and was denied a hearing in the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, but basically, uh, Cranky got his got his lawyer to come in and tell him that you know it, he he basically uh, is not going to pay for the rest of this. Like he's already paid quite a bit in these legal fees, and he's kind of done. Like, and this was after like Jerry Jones and several of these other guys. Uh, I think uh, Mark Davis stood up and actually, you know, spoke kindly and said, "Yeah, he's done a, a good job with this, and you know, he's done what he's supposed to." But he left the room, and his attorney is the one that actually told all the other owners that he, like, he's done. He's not going to back the rest of these legal bills. Like, is this not surprising to you? Yeah, I mean, it's a little shocking. But, you know, rich guys doing rich guy things, you know, it's, it's amazing that these guys can all sit in a room and have a conversation without attorneys in there and actually get anything done just because everybody's so quick to litigate everything. So yeah. that's what these guys do. It's, uh, it's crazy. Um, Kraft, like Robert Kraft from the Patriots, uh, spoke to the room afterwards. He said Cranky's uh, position was unfair. He mentioned all the legal hassle he had gone through. Uh, he said in 2016, he served on a six-person L.A. committee. He argued that if providing financial records as a result of lawsuits would be a consequence of serving on league committees, it would dissuade other owners from wanting to be on committees and making consequential decisions for the league. Uh, Raiders owner Mark Davis reminded the room that in 2016, the L.A. committee recommended a rival Raiders Chargers stadium project in Carson, California, by a five-to-one vote over Cranky's project in Inglewood. Like, it is it is really crazy. Uh, Mara spoke next, said that Cranky's uh, change of position was ridiculous and that if he had not agreed to indemnify the league, the owners would have never voted for him to move. He said anyone who was in the room in Houston when the vote was taken would know that. So this is... Normally, we don't get too many of these issues between these billionaire owners, uh, but this one is very interesting. I am curious what is going to end up happening because I would almost guarantee that you were going to start seeing NFL owners suing each other if Cranky backs away from his his moral obligation. I guess uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a legal one uh, to pay for I don't, these. I, don't, I, I find it I find it interesting that like can't the other thirty one owners just vote? Now I don't know what the bylaws. Are. I don't know what they're able. Can't the other thirty one owners just vote? that they're going to garnish his wages. Like, all all the money in the NFL goes into one pot, and he gets split up 32 ways. Okay? That's it. That's, that's how their revenue is shared. All right? Worst team in the league, best team in the league, they all make the same. Okay? My, my question is, is why, why don't they just garnish whatever he owes when it comes time to divvy him out? We're just going to hold this back, and then you can have this. Well, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Um, so there was a brief back and forth here. Uh, Jerry Jones asked Pash whether Cranky had uh, tried to settle the lawsuit. Uh, Pash replied that he had, and Jones indicated that Cranky's settlement figure was billions of dollars. 
Like this is not ten million or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's yes. a, So that, therein lies the, therein lies the issue. The city of St. Louis, when they're suing him, they're not suing him for a little bit of money. Okay, that's the problem. They they want I forgot the, the legal phrasing of it, um, but it's basically uh, like estimated lost wages or whatever. Like we you leaving cost our city this much money for this many years, which means and you so owe us. We won't, we want that much, and it's in the billion. So, it's pretty and they're not settling. They're willing to go to court because they want when you when you actually don't settle and you go to court, then you get to depose people. And when, and most of these guys never want to be deposed because being deposed means you go under oath, and everything about your life and your finances becomes public knowledge. And most of these guys will write any check they can to keep from being deposed. Yes. Uh, Pash said that he refused to confirm the figure. Uh, he told, or, or a source with direct knowledge of the situation, told ESPN it was less. Uh, it was less than a billion. Um, but he told those in the meeting that it was more than the net worth of some of those owners that were in the room. Uh, so then others that started. Is, is, it, it's crazy. It, it sources uh, describe yeah. several owners spoke up. Jim Ursay uh, wanted Cranky back in the room to answer questions, and Jones argued that Cranky shouldn't do that without an attorney. Art Rooney said lawyers should handle all these issues. Uh, Mara reiter- uh, reiterated that nobody in the room would have voted for Cranky to move uh, if not for the indemni- uh, indemnification. Excuse me. Um, this is. Like this is crazy. Jerry Jones uh, indicated that Cranky might sue the league over the indemnification agreement. Um, and Jones mentioned in 1995 the league sued him over sponsorship deals, and he countersued the league. So yep. this and is this is going to be bananas, man. Like it, people are not really paying attention to this, but this looks like something that you and I could get into the weeds about for a real, real long time. Uh, and we won't. I mean, yeah, but nobody, nobody's paying attention about it because it's not going to change anything at the end of the day. Like, at the, at the end of the day, all these guys are going to get along. They're going to let attorneys fight all this out. Somebody's going to get mad at somebody, but at the end of the day, they understand business. And and, and it doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything in the league. It's not going to affect anything in the league. Yeah, yeah you're probably right. One rich right. guy's going to either get richer or poorer, and the other rich guys are going to either get richer or poorer. There you go. There you go. All right, let's move into the college football week nine preview. Every week I ask Chris four questions leading into the week. And, brother, we've got some some fun stuff. Uh, My first question, best games of the weekend. I think we can go ahead and start off with Michigan-Michigan State, uh, but there's a bunch of other ones, right? Michigan-Michigan State is kind of the epicenter of the sport this weekend. You got game day, you got barstool, you got Fox. Like, all of them are going to be there. Fox is the one that gets to broadcast it. Uh, but it's a battle of undefeated. It's a battle of top ten teams. Uh, it's an in-state rivalry. Like, that's going to be a massive, massive game. Uh, you got any You got any other ones that you were thinking about? Uh, yeah, I I think there's a game out in California that's going to be amazing. The Fresno State-San uh, Diego State game. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, I, I wrote down one that's not on everybody's radar that I think could end up being a lot of fun. UCLA and Utah. It, it's not in California, but it's you know it's West Coast. That, I mean, it's again, this is not exactly undefeated teams, but I, both of those teams are fun and they are highly volatile. You don't know what you're going to get from week to week. I think that could be a hell of a ball game. Uh, I've got, let's see, I had SDSU and Fresno State um, a little bit off the radar. Virginia going to BYU. 
I think could be very interesting. It's Broncos return to BYU. I, that one could be nutso because the, the Virginia offense has completely shifted. I tweeted earlier in the week about the complete offensive philosophy shift that that they have had at Virginia because it was just 2018 when Virginia was running the ball over 60% of the time. And now, like this year, they are running the ball less than 40% of the time. They have completely shifted to a passing offense. And, and it's a lot of fun. So I'd like to see Brennan Armstrong in that bunch against BYU. Uh, tell me about SMU and Houston. How, how much are you looking forward to this one? Yeah, that one, that's the game that's on my list. Um, you know, two coaches that I love and two coaches that I think are great. And um, they throw the football a lot. Yes. Yes. The, the, another uh, underrated part of this, I talked about it on the Bet US show, uh, Houston's defense, if you look at their raw numbers, they are un friggin' believable. Like, they're top five in defensive efficiency this year. Like, they can get after the quarterback. They are unreal. SMU has not played a single defense that's anything close to this. So I, I want to see what Houston looks like against an offense like this. I want to see what SMU's offense looks like against a defense like this. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that one. Uh, you got any any other ones that are on your list here? Uh, I mean, you know, do, do we think Ohio State, Penn State's going to be good at all? I did not even write it down. I'd <laughs> say, seriously, outside of name brand only, that game's not going to be entertaining at all, is it? I don't think so. I don't think Penn State can score. Like, I think Sean Clifford is still hurt, and so long as he's hurt, I just I, there's almost no reason to watch this other than for the jerseys, I guess. Like, I think there's more interesting games that are going on at the same time. Uh, for example, yep. uh, Jordan Hare. You got Ole Miss headed to Auburn. Who in the world knows what to expect out of those two teams? Well, I was, I was about to get to the SEC, but yeah, yeah, that's it. That's one. That's so, one. And then we haven't even brought up the cocktail party. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, but is that one going to be one of the best games of the weekend? Do we think Florida can? No, hang no, in and it won't be one of the best. It won't be one of the best games. I do think Florida hangs in there. I think this game's closer than people think. Uh, Florida. Like, I don't know uh, that it's going to be a fourteen-point game. I think it. I bet, I, you know. At Florida, I Florida's do going to be in this game. I do think like Florida is better than their record. Uh, but that's a team that makes so many mistakes, man. I mean, they just drive me nuts. Uh, if you look at at the numbers that they've put up on on teams, uh, the advanced stats or whatever, uh, this should be a team that's only got one loss on the season. Like, they should have beaten Alabama. Uh, they should have beaten Kentucky. The only loss that they should have is LSU, uh, if you just look yep. at numbers. Uh, but, you know, obviously, uh, these games are not played on paper, so, <laughs> so that's the way it goes. Uh, who has the most to gain this weekend? Uh, I've got uh, I got a couple of different options here. All right, give me your options because I've got a couple too. But it's pending they win or lose. Uh, yeah, because it, typically in situations like this, you can have a team that has the most to gain and the most to lose, right? Uh, yeah. For the most to gain, I put Wisconsin. Um, they were written off early and this is a team that has adapted and they have figured out what they're good at they have taken the ball out of Graham Mertz's hands they are running the ball 77 percent of the time in their last three games uh turns out he can't throw interceptions if he's not throwing the football so they are putting their team in a better position to succeed they win this game they're in the driver's seat to win the Big Ten West which is exactly where the majority of people thought they would be uh to begin the season and you know Iowa uh, we could say Iowa's got the most to lose if you want to. I, I didn't have them written down for it, but uh, Iowa, I, I think 
everything started out so hot for them that they have not had to face that adversity yet. You know, they're coming off of a loss against Purdue. Uh, you know, if they lose this game, how much time do they have to adapt? And and then at that point, you have to hope that Wisconsin loses to Minnesota or somebody else along those lines. Um, but Wisconsin would be in the driver's seat if they get this one. Yeah, that, that's, that's a big one. I mean, obviously the winner of the Michigan-Michigan State game I think is a huge, huge deal because there's a chance that that team – let's say that team goes on to be a one-loss team, okay? Let's say that whoever wins this game loses to Ohio State, all right? And then Ohio State goes on to win the Big Ten. Does that team have any shot at going to the playoff over a one-loss Alabama? Uh Oh well, I guess if Bama doesn't beat Georgia, then they wouldn't have one loss anyway. So, so, so let's say a two-loss Bama, a two-loss Bama, I think is just out there. Like, yeah, I, I so, think so. The winner of this game could still lose to Ohio State, win out, beat Penn State, basically win out, and still have and, a shot at the playoff, and, and have a shot at the playoff. So I think and while it's the biggest game of the weekend, it's it's also one of the most important outcomes because it's in essence a playoff game. Yeah. No, you're you're right. You're 100 percent right. Uh, I am I'm very curious about it. Uh, the other that I had for most to gain is Ole Miss. Uh, they have lost five straight to Auburn. You you get this monkey off your back, and you got Liberty next week, which is you know a threat. Uh, then you host Texas A&M on November 13th. Then you got Vanderbilt and you got at Mississippi State, which I think they can win both of those. If you can get past this one, you might be able. And, and and I would imagine it's going to be pretty close next week, but I think you might be able to get some guys a little bit of rest next week because I think that you can I think you can beat Liberty comfortably, um, but you know going into A and M like that might be the last real test that you've got, and then all you need is is Auburn to beat Alabama at the end of the season, and you could have a shot at Ole Miss going to Atlanta. So Ole Miss needs to win uh, this game this weekend because the schedule kind of sets up for them after that. Yeah, that's right. And so you uh, you got another one for most to gain, or you want to move to uh, most to lose? Uh, I mean, I, I would. That that's that's probably the answer. I was I was looking at other other sides of this, and and most to gain being teams that like Baylor. Does Baylor beating Texas matter? Like, does that help them? They're a one loss team. You know, it, it, is that a big deal or not? Is it important or not? It'll it'll always be important for the rivalry. I don't know how important it is in the overall scheme of things, right? So, I mean, we could say the same thing about, like, Iowa State heading to West Virginia, right? Iowa State, yeah. uh, if they lose, eh, okay. You know, well, they already had two losses on the season. Uh, but if they win, you know, they continue. They've only got one loss in the Big 12. Uh, that's a team that could absolutely continue rolling on. So, I, you know, there's there's things... There's other games that obviously you can you can pick at, um, okay. but you know we'll we'll stick with these for now I guess. Uh, for most to lose, uh, I've got I got two different options here. No, I've got one. All right, I want to hear yours first because I don't think either of mine are good. <laughs> I think I think the University of Kentucky has most to lose. Okay, that is that's a really good one. That's a really good one. Yes, going to Mississippi State this weekend uh, in Starkville, only a one-and-a-half-point favorite. That's, uh, yeah. Yeah, you lose this one, you kind of lose all There's, of that hype that you built up, all that yep. goodwill. All all the hype is gone, all of it. The shine is completely off the apple. Well, and then you have to start thinking, uh, 
you know, not so much about because I think you're almost guaranteed that you are going to end up second in the East uh, because it, you know Florida would have four losses in conference if they lose to Georgia. Uh, but Kentucky's schedule sets up; they've got Tennessee after this, then they got at Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, and at Louisville. So if you lose to Mississippi State, well, then all of a sudden you got a little doubt going into Tennessee coming to the Commonwealth next weekend. Um, that could that could certainly be. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting. I had uh, Clemson against Florida State. Uh, the reason that I put Clemson on here, because Clemson's already been bad, um, but if they lose this one, this is actually a program that you do not want to give life to. Uh, I, I think Florida State has played significantly better over the last three games, right? They are they are winning again. They look good. Their recruits are excited right now. Uh, you start to build momentum with this program, you know, if Clemson goes down to Florida State this weekend at home, that is a big-time recruiting pitch for Norvell and the Seminoles. Uh, I think that could be a massive spot. So Clemson, I think, has has the most to lose this weekend. Um, I've also got two other ones, uh, and they, they play each other. I brought it up already, UCLA and Utah. These are two teams that had high hopes for winning the Pac-12 South this year. Uh Whichever team loses this, uh, I think they've got the most to lose because it would be the fourth loss for either of them before you even get to November. And and I don't know that anybody necessarily saw that happening um, because they, like these are two teams that were majorly hyped heading into this season. Uh, you get four losses before November, and, and your season's done. And then you got to worry about kids still being bought in, right? Yeah. No, I agree. I completely agree with that. You uh, you got a playoff sleeper this week? I mean, in, in, it's, outside <laughs> of what I just talked about with the Michigan Michigan State game, that's I, I wrote down Michigan State. I think that's the only answer. Like at this time of the year, once we get later in the season, um, there's not a whole lot of playoff sleepers that we hadn't already talked about. Uh, you know, we talked about Pitt uh, as a possibility. I guess we could bring up Wake Forest. You know, they play against Duke. You know, Duke's not good. Um, but this this week eight, it doesn't have anything to do with them being a playoff sleeper. Yeah, like Wake has way bigger games down the stretch. Like they get through this one, then they are going to have to deal with. I think they've still got Clemson. I think they've still got. Uh, gosh, I can't even remember. Um, but they they've got like big big games left, uh, and I I think we kind of expected them to be like, you know, eight and four. They're seven and zero oh right now. Uh, here we go. Wake Forest schedule right now. Uh, they got North Carolina, North Carolina State, Clemson, and Boston College to end the season. Uh, I think that they can, I think they can beat everybody left on their schedule. Like they could absolutely yeah, go undefeated. Um, so that's that's somebody that we can we can talk about once we get to one of those bigger matchups. If if they get through Duke and they get through North Carolina, uh, November thirteenth, that might be our playoff sleeper. <laughs> if if they can beat NC State, uh, then maybe we start believing before they play at Clemson and at Boston College. So. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The college football off the radar pick'em for week number nine. And we are going to start this off with a 12 p.m. game. 12 p.m. Eastern time on the ACC Network, Miami. The Hurricanes go to Pittsburgh. Both teams coming off of major wins last week. Miami, of course, beat NC State by one point. Pitt beat Clemson by 10 at home. And uh, in Miami is headed to Heinz Field. Pitt, a 9.5-point favorite. Total of 61 odds brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Go ahead and click the link in the description. Make sure you get signed up and use that promo code that's down there. Uh, Miami won this game 31-19 to last year. They are 5-1 and one straight up and against the spread in the last six Miami 7-1 and one straight up, their last eight at Pitt. Uh, however, Pitt this season uh, playing completely different. They are 7-1 uh, and one against the spread in their last eight games. And you look at their numbers, and Chris, as a, like, just power rating, Pitt is a top-10 team right now. Uh, this line opened at 11. It has dropped down to 9.5. My number on this was actually Pitt minus 12. I... You know, but I looked at it and I was like, "Man, Miami's been playing a whole lot better here lately." I, I really wanted to go Miami here because Tyler Van Dyke has been good, uh, but this Pitt defense has been playing insanely well. Pitt has figured out how to run the football, and Kenny Pickett is like a jack of all trades, man. Like, not only can he throw the football, but this guy can run anything that you need him to. He's in like year th- what year three or four with the offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, and when you've got experienced guys like this that understand how to run basically everything, you don't have to just stick with the stuff that you're good at. You can be good at everything. So I I think I'm I'm going to change my pick right now, and I'm actually going to go with Pitt minus 9.5 here. Uh, I might feel like an idiot on, on Saturday morning because Miami has been playing better, but I think Pitt is just the overall, I mean, just significantly better football team. What uh, What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I like Pitt. I like Pitt minus the nine and a half. I don't. I'm not. I don't think Miami is what we saw last week. I just. I just don't. I mean, they so they they played to within three of North Carolina, but they also gave up like 45 points to North Carolina last week. Uh, some NC State, uh, you know, mistakes actually maybe cost them that game. Uh, otherwise, Miami would be, you know, but they have played close games since uh, since Tyler Van Dyke took over. So. 
I am kind of curious about that, uh, but I, I do think that Pitt is significantly better. I did not say this beforehand. Meant to our records uh, last week. I went six and six. Chris went three and nine. I am sitting at forty-one and forty-three on the season. Chris is thirty-three and fifty-one. Uh, you can find the picks over on the website. Uh, just click on where it says picks. Very easy. It's winningcureseverything.com/picks. Uh, let's see game number two here, and my brother, uh, this this might be where it all falls apart. I, we're going 3 p.m. FS1, Washington State at Arizona State. Arizona State is now a 16-point favorite over the Cougars. Total of 53. Washington State 5-0 and against the spread of their last five. Uh, Arizona State 5-0 and against the spread of their last five at home against Washington State. So, this, if you look at the numbers, it, no, Washington State should not be able to hang in this game. But this is a team that, for whatever reason, has hung in there week after week after week. Did they put everything on the line last week against BYU, and now they got nothing left in the tank when they go on the road to uh, to the Sun Devils? That's that's the question here. I like Jaden DeLara. I think he's going to be able to throw the football a little bit on Arizona State's defense. I this It feels like a coin flip, right? Like, I, <laughs> I just, I don't think uh, that, that Arizona State is... Like they're not the one that has an issue right now, even though they're the one that had the issue to start the season. Washington State has to figure out how to win without their head coach and multiple assistants. Um, but they did okay last week against BYU, and BYU kind of, you know, they they beat Arizona State. I don't know that they uh, demolished them or anything, but but they beat Arizona State earlier in the season. Uh, the biggest question here is, you know, uh, Arizona State is number seventy five in de- uh, passing defense success rate. I. I don't know what to make of this. I think that Washington State could hang in this thing. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to roll Washington State plus 16. I, I don't think that this falls off this week just because they're playing a good team on the road. I think Washington State's actually just a pretty competent football team. You might be right. I'm going to die on this hill, though, that I, I think at some point in time the wheels got to fall off. Um, at some point in time, coaching has to matter. And if it doesn't matter, then what the hell these coaches making some of the same money? So... That you know, I just need to know what we're doing here, and and I'm I'm going to go with Washington. I mean, not Washington State, Arizona State. I just think they're the better football team. I think they're making this number really big because they want people to be all over them. Yeah, I can uh, I can understand that. I can understand that. So I uh, I might be the one that uh, that falls on this sword. So so I'll take Washington State. You will take Arizona State. Three thirty p.m. Eastern Time. We are going to ESPN2, and Purdue is headed to Nebraska. The Cornhuskers are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 52-and-a-half. Nebraska, five-and-two against the spread in their last seven games. Uh, in the last three games, Nebraska's offense and defense have been significantly better than Purdue. Uh, everybody, you know, it started to kind of hype up Purdue a little bit because they got that big win over Iowa. But when you really sit back and look at the numbers, uh, the win over Iowa – was impressive, but also maybe should have been expected. I don't know what that necessarily says here. Uh, last week, Purdue just got steamrolled by Wisconsin. Uh, Nebraska has the dudes to be able to do the same thing. The question is, is Purdue going to be able to stop the run enough to make Adrian Martinez make a mistake here? And I I don't think so. I think that this one looks a little closer to... Uh, maybe Notre Dame against Purdue. That was a 27-13 uh, to 13 game. Um, 
I I kind of lean Nebraska here, even even with the hook. I'll I'll take the Cornhuskers minus seven and a half. I think I think this is much more what Nebraska did to Northwestern. Now Purdue is not as bad as Northwestern, uh, but Nebraska beat them fifty six to seven, and and they once they started they just never stopped. Like they figured out what worked against them and, and kept doing it. I think Purdue could fall into the same situation here. Man, I, I hate this game and I hate this one. I, give me <laughs> Purdue. At, see, that's that's the way that I wanted to go until I started digging into stuff and I was like, oh god. Um, no, I think you're probably right, but I'll take the starting point. I mean, it's, I, I, it's all so I hard. Hope for is it's a close game. Like it's so hard to bet on Adrian Martinez because you know he's going to do something at some point that that could cost yeah. him the game. Like, I don't want to lay more than a touchdown with Adrian. That's how I feel. That's how I feel about it. So, uh, just just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Um, all right. So, that'll move us to 4 p.m. And we are moving back to the ACC Network. we got a lot of ACC Network games this week. Duke is headed to Wake Forest. Now, bring up Wake Forest because, of course, uh, they, they could be a playoff sleeper for us very, very soon. Uh, but this game can sometimes be a little tricky. And whenever you have a team that hangs 70 points, uh, especially on one of the service academies, there's going to be a lot of love for that team coming in the next week. Uh, this line is sitting at 16 uh, before the season. This is, so there are multiple sports books out there that have uh, preseason lines and all that. This was one of those, you know, game of the year, whatever kind of lines. Uh, Wake Forest was favored over Duke by like 10 points. And now that we have gotten through the season, now they are favored by 16 uh, with a total of 70. Duke is coming off of a bye here. Uh Duke is four and one straight up and against the spread. Their last four, or sorry, last five, at uh, at Wake Forest, like on the road there. However, Wake Forest is three and one straight up and against the spread. Their last four overall against Duke. Um, I I think all the hype and everything uh, is not unfounded. This Wake offense with Sam Hartman is rolling right now. I don't see any number. Uh, that would lead me to think that Duke will be able to keep this thing close. I think Wake Forest wins this by three touchdowns because Duke has actually gotten worse. They were able to score early in the season, but they have gotten worse as the season has gone along. Their last game out, they lost to Virginia 48 to nothing. I think this game could be closer to that as opposed to a tight ball game. So I'm, I'm going to take Wake Forest here. Yes, Wake Forest is going to kill them. This, this Wake Forest offense is really, really special. Yes. Uh, again, you've got a team that is uh, really experienced and, and knows a certain type of play. You know how Jamie Chadwell is known for like uh, his very unique offense? Well, the claw fence is kind of the same thing. Very much the same thing. So I'm, uh, I'm with you. We're both going to roll wake on that one. Now, next game on the board, 7 p.m. CBS Sports Network. Boise State heads to Colorado State. And the Rams are a two and a half point underdog at home, total of fifty one and a half. Colorado State four and one against the spread their last five games this season. Uh, Boise is five and zero oh straight up their last five against Colorado State. But we know that this is not exactly the same Boise State team. Andy Avalos in his first season, uh, you look at some of these numbers like they are they are not good at running the football. They are not good at stopping the run. If you look on offense. Boise is number 104 in EPA per rush. 
That is not a Boise State football team. And if you look over on uh, on the other side, uh, they are number 81 in EPA per rush on defense. So this they are not good at the line of scrimmage. Just bottom line. Uh, Colorado State is good, man. Like they, Their numbers uh, on defense have been shocking. Absolutely shocking. I don't know that Boise can, can really score a lot here. Uh, they're going to rely on special teams and whatnot, but I don't know that they have much of an advantage there. The only advantage that they got is that Steve Adazio might do something stupid late in the ball game. Like that's the biggest advantage. I'm I'm gonna this line kind of stinks to me uh, because you would expect Boise to be favored by significantly more. But man, I actually had Colorado State as a favorite in this game just based on the numbers. So I'm I'm gonna ride Colorado State plus the two and a half here. Yeah, no, I'm gonna take Boise. I'm gonna take Boise. I've bet against Boise a couple of times this year. They they, they have not been impressive, but I think I think they've got enough to. Uh, to win this game and to cover the short number. Uh, one thing that could bite me on this is this is a massive game for Colorado State, just brand-wise. Uh, and sometimes they can teams can put a little bit too much pressure on themselves uh, in situations like this. So uh, that could that could end up costing me. Uh, 7 p.m. on the SEC Network. Kentucky goes to Starkville, Mississippi. The Mississippi State Bulldogs are a one-and-a-half-point underdog at home, total of 47 uh, State 5-0 and oh straight up the last five times that Kentucky has come down to Starkville. Uh, Kentucky has not beaten them in Starkville since 2008. 2008, man. Uh, but this is not exactly, you know, uh, when we were in high school or whatever. Uh, it, it's not the same kind of Kentucky football team. Uh, Kentucky is 6-1 and one against the spread so far this year. And while it is scary to go to Starkville, uh, when I look at some of these numbers, I... One and a half seemed low. My line on this was Kentucky minus four, and I immediately started thinking, man, I might need to take State here. Um, and if you look at it just across the board, defense, offense, everything else, uh, as far as success rate goes, Mississippi State has been really successful. But I think I think Kentucky's one of those teams that just finds a way to win no matter what. I'm I'm going to ride Kentucky minus the one and a half. I might end up hating myself come Saturday night, but I think Kentucky is is the better football team. I'm going to take them to win by by more than one and a half points here. Uh, what are what are your thoughts on the Bulldogs and the Wildcats here? Uh, I don't like this game either, but give me the Bulldogs at home. Um, I'm catching a little bit of a point, and I got the home team. And this Mississippi State team has done some special things this year uh, with their backup against the wall. So, I, you know, I like Kentucky. I think Kentucky is really good. I also think Kentucky is due for a downfall. Doesn't this seem like the, the NC State at Mississippi State game earlier in the season? Yep. Where, you know, State coming off a, a piss-poor performance and everybody just assumes, oh, NC State's going to come in here and kill them and, and whatever, and State ends up kind of dominating the football game. I like I, I gotta trust my numbers. I gotta trust my process here. That's why I'm rolling Kentucky. But man, I could a hundred percent see State coming out with a win here. Uh, this three three five defense that Zach Arnett runs is no joke, and and I don't think Kentucky's seen anything like it thus far this season. So that could be uh, that could be interesting. Seven thirty p.m. on the ACC Network, we have got. Louisville headed to NC State. The Wolfpack, of course, coming off of a loss. Uh, Louisville has been playing way better as of late. They are 4-1 and one, uh, yep. against the spread in their last five games, and, and you called it last week against Boston College. 
You say, like, Louisville's been playing better. I trust them more in this spot. You were right. You were 100% right. Total is 56 and a half here. Uh, brother, I'm, I'm going to join the bandwagon. Like, I, Louisville is, is impressing me big time here. Uh, the fact that I'm getting a touchdown, like, this feels absolutely like a field goal game here. Um, and, I, you know, the fact that it's in Raleigh gave me a little bit of pause. But this Louisville defense... Is, is what is surprising to me, and I don't trust NC State's offense. So I'm I'm going to roll with Louisville here to be able to, to cover this number uh, because I, I don't I don't think NC State's offense is very good at all. Uh, what are what are your thoughts? So I do think NC State's offense is pretty good still. I like this NC State team. I think what happened last week is an anomaly. I think they played a bad game. I think Miami played a great game. That's that's a different situation. Do I think they'll beat Louisville by a touchdown? I, I think I'd take the touchdown head start because I like Louisville. I think NC State still wins the game, but I think it could be close. That's, that's my thought. That's, my biggest problem with NC State is is not being able to finish drives, right? Um, and, and on top of that, like on offense, they are number 78 in EPA per pass. They're number 83 in EPA per rush. Uh, their echo rate, which is uh, successful drives, is number 80 in the country. Like I, I just don't... I don't trust them to be able to finish a lot. Um, so while I do think the offense can move the football, I also, I mean, I do I do really like NC State's defense. So let me say something positive about them. Uh, I just think that this feels like a field goal game, maybe a, a 31-27 kind of game one way or the other. Uh, so I will, I will certainly ride with Louisville with you. Next game up is a 10 p.m. game, and we got multiple late-nighters on, on the off-the-radar slate this week. And we are going to ride with UCLA at Utah, ESPN game. Both teams already three losses on the season. That could be uh, interesting because uh, one of these will have four losses before November. I don't know that anybody expected that. Uh, UCLA 5-1 and one against the spread of their last six. Uh, or Sorry, Utah 5-1 and one against the spread of their last six against UCLA. Uh, but UCLA, they are 5-0 and against the number on the road this season. That kind of surprised me. Kind of surprised me. I, I look at these numbers here, and Utah is supposed to be good against the run, but I don't know that they are because last week they got demolished by Oregon State. Uh, both of these teams can run the football. I, I think the biggest key to this game is going to be whether or not Cam Rising uh, can throw on a weak UCLA secondary. If they can, I don't know that UCLA can score enough to keep up with them, and that could be interesting. So I I don't like the 6.5. I think it might be a touch too much, but I do still think that Utah is the significantly better team, and playing in Salt Lake City is rough, man. So I'm, I'm going to take Utah to cover 6.5 here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna take UCLA. I think they can I think they can win the game. So if I'm getting almost a touchdown head start, I'm gonna play them. I think they play close games. I think they I think both these teams play ugly games all the time. So I don't I don't feel safe with either one of them laying that big of a number to anybody right now. Yeah, I can uh, I can trust that. Uh there's there's just a lot of questions about both of these teams, right? Um yeah, DTR I I believe he's going to play. Like he should be fine. He he missed the end of the Oregon game, and which was a damn shame. We talked about it on the reaction show on Sunday, uh, but he—I mean—he played his heart out in that ball game. He put everything he had out there. Uh, can he do it two weeks in a row? Like that's—that's that's what we'll find out. Um, and he's—he's kind of done it all season, man. He—he's really gutsy kid. 
Next game up, we got uh, three more here, and let's move to ESPN 2, 10.15 p.m., Virginia at BYU. Bronco Mendenhall's return, 64.5 is the total. BYU is favored now by three points. Uh, Virginia, 4-1 and one against the number in their last five games. BYU has kind of dropped off a little bit as of late. Uh, you start digging through some of these numbers. Virginia's defense, not great. They are number 115 in EPA uh, per play. Uh, BYU, same kind of thing here. They are number 90 in EPA per play on defense. So you got two uh, bottom, you know, bottom 40 teams uh, on defense, not great. However, the offense is uh, really good, like really, really good. Virginia's offense, number seven in EPA per play, and BYU, number 25 in EPA per play. BYU at home, like this is a rough spot to play in uh, for Virginia because we all know that playing in Provo was difficult. I mean, just ask Arizona State, just ask Utah, just ask, you know, all these other teams. Uh, the question is, though, I don't know that I don't know that BYU has had to play uh, a passing offense like this, right? I, I don't think anybody has been quite as successful. You know, I, we talked a little bit earlier in the preview about Virginia and, and Bronco Mendenhall completely swapping his offensive philosophy. Three years ago, when he had Bryce Perkins at quarterback, they were running the ball at, you know, 62% of the time, whatever it was. And now they're passing the ball like 61% of the time. Uh, that's that's a huge, huge shift. And I, I know that they are at home. And I know that everybody likes BYU and, and everything else because this line was at 2.5. It's moved up to 3 now. I kind of like Virginia. I don't know that BYU... If, if Virginia starts to throw the football... At, because BYU on, on passing defense... I mean, they're number 79 in EPA per pass. Like, Virginia is going to eat them alive. So if they can't find a way to slow down Brennan Armstrong, I don't think there's any way that they can score enough points. Like, to me, this was a pick em. The fact that I've got a three-point head start here, I think Virginia can absolutely win the game outright. So I'm going to take Virginia to uh, to cover the three here. Yeah, this is another game that I'm super interested in, but I don't want to bet at all. Uh, I don't like this number. I, I have been betting BYU like crazy all year long. Early on, I made a lot of money off of them. I've lost a ton the last four, I think. Um, I'm going to go back to them, though. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to them just because at some point in time, they're going to they're gonna look more like the team that look they look like at the beginning of the season. And maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. Maybe this is who they are, and that was all fraudulent. But I just feel like they might have something in store for their old coach. Maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe Bronco goes back. Maybe Hugh comes back, told this. I mean, you know, maybe these returning coaches just, just – find ways to get wins it's entirely possible i mean what we we're kind of used to uh uh what's the kid's name algier the running back i mean it, he's the one that made the uh the superman move early in the season they were dominating yeah. people in the trenches early virginia is somebody that you can push around uh when you're on offense and they're on defense byu number 46 and epa per rush virginia's defense number 117 like they cannot stop people from running uh running the football uh, so that would be the way that byu could do it this Man, the total is 60, 64 and a half now. It came up from 63. Like, this thing could get really pointy. Um, so, you're you're going to roll BYU. I'm going to take West, or I'm going to take uh, Virginia plus three. We got two more here. Let's go ahead and knock them out right quick. Uh, another late night game, 10.30 p.m., CBS Sports Network, Fresno State against San Diego State. I didn't write down any trends. I didn't write down anything like that. Uh, my biggest problem here is... 
San Diego State, as much as I love this team, they have not faced a team that is competent throwing the football thus far this season. And Fresno State is more than competent. Uh, they are really, really good throwing the football. They're number uh, number 36 in EPA per pass. Now, San Diego State is number two in EPA per pass on defense. But it, you go and look at who they played, and there's nobody that can sling it. And that's that's where we try and figure out. The closest thing that they've played to Fresno State was New Mexico State. Like, I mean, we're not even we're not even talking in the same sport. It feels like, uh, so I'm, you know, San Diego State is favored by one here, but man, I, I might, I know it's on the road. I might have to roll Fresno here. Um, there is, yeah, that's that's what I'm gonna do. That's what I'm gonna do. I think Fresno's defense is a little bit undervalued. Uh, I think Fresno might end up being the better football team. So I'll I'll take the Bulldogs uh, plus one at San Diego State. Like I, I want San Diego State to go undefeated. I want you know I want good things for that program. But I think Fresno is a really good team, man. And, and you give me a point here, I'll I'll take it. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go San Diego State. I want them to go undefeated. I want to see them have a special season. I like both these programs. There's a reason I said this has a chance to be the most exciting game of the weekend. I do think it has a chance to be the most exciting game of the weekend. And uh, and and I'm hoping for that. Um, but at the same time, I, I if I got if everything I wanted, I, I would want to see San Diego State pull this thing off. And yeah, yeah, I could uh, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Uh, if you look at EPA per play, uh, there is such a seismic shift between these two. <laughs> um, San Diego State's defense is number two in the country, and their offense is number one hundred and one. Like, you were talking 99 spots between their offense and their defense. I mean, it is crazy. I, I love to see teams win with defense. Uh, but I'm going to go the opposite way here. I just, it, because of my my thoughts on the game here uh, over the past however many years, I, I think I'm going to have to go with the better offense here. Uh, last game on the board before we let you get out of here and, and I get out of here and we all, you know, go back to what we're doing and having a fantastic weekend. Uh, 3.30 p.m. game on Fox. Colorado at Oregon. Obviously, we don't have to spend long on this one. Oregon, a 24-point favorite, total of 49. The Ducks, 7-1 and one against the spread, their last eight against Colorado. Uh, Colorado, 2-6 and six against the number in their last eight on the road. Uh, the reason I brought this one up is because I cannot believe that Oregon would be favored by 24 points over anybody right now. At this team, as, as good as they looked against UCLA... It is blatantly obvious to me that this team plays down to the level of competition. And and while Colorado is not a good football team, I don't know how you could take Oregon because I don't know that they will necessarily score 24 points in this ballgame. What, uh, what are your thoughts here? Uh, I agree. I agree completely. I, I, I can't trust Oregon. I can't trust Oregon at all. Um, and, uh, and, and I would take all those points. I don't think Colorado is a good football team. But can I, they slow the game down, and can they keep it tight? I think so. I think so, absolutely. And and another play here might be might be the under. I mean, this total is forty nine. Like I, I'd certainly, you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put it on our sheet because obviously we're just picking against the spread. That's what pick'em is. But man, I mean, forty nine. I don't. Colorado may not score. Like this might just be like a twenty to nothing ball game. You know. <laughs> Their yeah. uh, their offense is putrid, man. They are uh, they are number one twenty seven in the country in EPA per play margin on offense. I mean that is 
it, that is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, but their defense ain't bad. Defense is number 41. So, you know, they slow this thing down. You maybe get a broken play here or there. You can find a way to stay within this 24 pretty easy. So I will uh, I will take them there. You're going to do the same. Uh, anything else that you want to hit on before we close this thing out? No, man, I think that's it. Sounds like a plan. All right, I'm going to let you get out of here. I will wrap up this show, and uh, we will have a banger of a weekend. Uh, tell everybody, again, where to find the SBR College Football Show on Saturday morning. Yeah, you got to go to SBR pick, uh, Sports Pick on Twitter right now. It's going to be streaming live, 9 a.m. Central Time, 10 a.m. Eastern. Go there, check us out. Give me some give me some views. I appreciate it. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris B. Giannini. There you go. All right, brother. I will uh, I will talk to you later on. See you, man. Holla. All right. So that was Chris. Fantastic, fantastic picks again this weekend. Uh, we are looking forward to a fun weekend of college football. Of course, it's Halloween weekend. Something stupid, something crazy is going to happen. I will guarantee it. Guarantee. Uh, so with that said, let's go ahead and get out of here. We've been here for uh, a little over an hour. We appreciate you guys for watching the show. If you would, go ahead and hit that like button for us. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel and uh, tell your friends about it. Share the show out. Of course, jump into the comments. We want to hear your picks for the weekend, of course. Uh, if you want to hear the other games, the reason we do off-the-radar picks is because we discuss on our college football shows for BetUS and Sportsbook Review, uh, we discuss the other big games. We discuss a ton of other games. Uh, we try and hit as many games a week as we possibly can, give you an idea of where we're leaning. This is not exactly our official place. Like, this isn't our official picks for the week. You can find those on the other shows. Uh but we, we like to do a pick em for the games that maybe aren't getting uh, a lot of the love nationally. So we want to hit on some of those as well. Uh, with that said, we're going to go ahead and, uh, and, and get out of here. Go to winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe where you need to subscribe. Go to BetUS, where the game begins. They bring you the show every time out. Uh, you can sign up using the promo code NCAAF2021, and you will get a 125% deposit bonus up to, uh, oh my gosh, what was it? Up to 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. There we go. I got it. It's right there. It's also down in the description, so you can check that out as well. But click that link down there. It's going to automatically toss in that promo code. Very easy to do. So go over to betus.com, where the game begins, and make sure and check out our college football shows. Like I just said, there's a link in the description for those as well. Let's get out of here. It's been a long week. Hopefully you've had a fantastic week. Hopefully your Friday and Saturdays are awesome. We will be back with you on Sunday for the College Football Reaction Show. It should be a lot of fun this go-round because we have some big-time games this weekend uh, that have a lot of implications on the rest of the season. So hopefully you'll join us then, 9.30 a.m. Central Time on Sunday morning so that we can hash out exactly what the hell happened in this crazy sport. With that said, let's dive out. You guys take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of your tickets cash this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.